from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Hello, folks, and thanks for listening or for listening again. Hope life is treating you well. This is episode 220, Organ Matters. Salem's homeless issue, what needs to be done is what is never talked about. I'm sure, as many of you know, that uh, Salem definitely has a homeless problem. And what many people may not realize is that proportional to the population, it is at least as bad, if not worse, than that which is in the People's Republic of Portland. So I decided that I wanted to try to face this issue head on. And I wanted to say that um, I realized that what I'm going to talk about here may not win me any brownie points with certain people because what I have to say is not comfortable. But this is an issue that needs to be addressed and I wanted to look at this from a different angle than what is commonly heard. And the thing is, is that what is commonly heard is apparently getting this issue nowhere. Now, before I go into this, I wanted to say that um, for many people that don't recognize this one fact of a uh, issue of what you might call societal regulation. The thing that needs to be done is you need to look at similar sized areas and you look at parallels of demographics and when you do that, when that happens, there are some striking relevations that can occur. And uh, it's, a, it's a revelation to me because there were just certain things that I, I didn't even think were possible, but they are. So that's what we're going to discuss. Now, I was uh, going traveling, and this was a couple of weeks ago, and I decided to uh, get out of the, the city of Salem, and uh, just to have a fun day, you know, I decided to go to Sisters, Oregon, and... 
Um, for those of you who may not be aware at all, Sisters Sisters is a uh, what you'd call a much smaller city. Um, it's about roughly two hours from Salem, and um, you know you're you're heading in a westerly direction, more like southwesterly ish direction but um i wanted to go there i just wanted some r and r and also when i say r and r it was everything from just all of the elements here in salem that aren't exactly pleasant and as far as the homeless situation is concerned, we got a lot of it. We have a whole lot of it. And everyone from the government and the city council, we keep going around and around with the same failed ideas and policies that clearly don't work and if you wanted to know how badly they don't work especially in a uh, the big city as uh, as it is here in portland uh or what i finally fondly refer to as the people's republic of portland well there you have it because it is it is massive it is terrible and it's troubling but what this is is a crisis of failed policy so to address this i decided to break down a bit of this demographic and to put that in perspective because that's one of the first steps needed to, well, stop this. Now, roughly, and these are just very rough numbers. They are not official. You can easily find them yourself. But we took the homeless population as a whole, and I'm going to use Portland as an example, but just bear in mind um these demographics hold pretty much equally true for the problem as it is here in salem so you can compare them so roughly speaking half of the homeless population are addicted to drugs or alcohol roughly and the other large percentage of people are uh, people with mental health issues okay and if we further break that down then if you want an even far worse uh, combination then we have people who have 
mental health issues and decided in their life uh, as a uh, coping mechanism to deal with those problems, again, with drugs and alcohol. That is not a good combination. So I guess you could say we break this down into thirds, you know, three large thirds. Okay. So everyone for many years has been talking and clamoring for a resolution to this problem. And of course, that makes sense in every way because who the hell constantly wants to go out and try to engage, try to do something in their city or town and places, you know, like the downtown area, for example, you can't do that. And it's certainly not what I would call family friendly by any means, because there are so many damn homeless and in, in and on so many levels, it causes so many problems. And now they're finally becoming aware of the fact that, um, you know, people, young people, they are leaving Portland. They're leaving Portland in droves. And the homeless element is one very large part of that because the governor she and those before her and the current crop of criminals um you know they talk a lot but they don't really do anything and nothing really happens to you know change or curtail this whole situation because it is on many different levels um it's not popular and some of these things that are taking place they they require actions that um, are unpleasant they're not taking into account of course the unpleasantness of having this element in the lives of just you know normal working everyday Oregonians because those people who are the governors of that city and Salem and where these policies these failed policies I might add from from which they originate still by and large they don't have to deal with the day-to-day -day realities of this tragedy, if you want to call it that. I think that's a fair word. And this is because that they have decided to be comfortable within a certain mindset of what is politically expedient and that's it despite what they say 
they're not going to budge. But in the meantime, it doesn't change the fact that we're overrun with homeless people and all that, and it's only getting worse and worse. And the state is losing its tax base because the people who are, you know, uh, thinking of starting a business or, you know, the uh, manager, the shop owners in downtown, they're getting the hell out. Just pure and simple, they're, they're leaving and they're not coming back. And going to other states or going to places such as Utah. So what exactly to do? Well, I am not going to sit here and say exactly point by point what to do because, frankly, there's already enough evidence of that already. It's already there. In this case, it's just a case of people who absolutely refuse to examine that evidence or to, most importantly, to implement it. Because they're afraid of offending someone. Mm. So, getting back to my trip to Sisters, Oregon, um, I spent quite a few hours there and saw the sights and was, you know, basically pretty thoroughly checking the town out. But it was also, uh, I guess what you might call a, a research mission. And this is just, even on the most, most uh, you know, cursory examination, there was one huge difference in that city of uh, sisters that struck me, and that was there were no homeless. There were no um, people in camps. There were no street-side tents anywhere at all. There were none. I looked and I looked. I looked on the outskirts of town. I went all around that place and I was I was pretty thorough. And uh, there was none. They're not there. And I was thinking, hmm, that's that's just uh, I mean, it's certainly a good thing, especially if you're a resident. But I was thinking, why? Why is there such a striking, you know, difference in this? And that, very simply, is in the policies of the local government. In spite of, <laughs> and, and this, is, this is the, you know, the amusing part of this. I say, in spite of the governmental from the governor, um, despite those policies that they have in place. So then that moves me on to the next aspect of this, which is, if you're going 
to try to tackle a problem of this nature. In my opinion, um, what needs to be done is you need a, a very simple study and you need an investigation of the policies of, let's say, Sisters Oregon versus the policies that are coming from uh, the state's capital of Salem and, of course, what is going on in Portland. And that's it. That's it. In other words, if you have, I don't care if it's anything from a city, big or small, um, and I'm taking into account certain difference, democratic difference. I'm, I'm taking it into account. But overall, what I'm trying to say is, is that as far as social policy and what works and what doesn't, you get a pretty good barometer of what needs to be done. And I'm pretty sure that, especially after all these years, that they already have such a barometer. That is to say, the people who are in control in the government of this state, who are, you know, based here in Salem, they already know this. This is not surprising or shocking. I mean, hell, I am not any kind. I'm not affiliated with the government at all. I'm not an official. I'm just a citizen. But the idea, in my opinion, is that you look at a situation as far as policies are concerned and you find out based on the evidence of what works and what doesn't. And the thing here, clearly, as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, there seem to be policies apparently that work and those that don't. But here we go full circle because here's the thing. If you have this place and it does not have, you know, those social ills are not occurring there, all you have to do is study and get the details and find out why. In other words, very simply, you find out what are they doing or what are their policies, which apparently are working, as opposed to other policies which are failing miserably. I, for instance, I remember, I guess this was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And, um, you know, it's, of course, in Oregon, it's the big city. But it was, it was great. It was beautiful. And it was more or less clean. And um, wasn't crime-ridden. And um, quite frankly, I remember there weren't homeless camps on the sidewalks 
everywhere. Sadly, that's not the case today. I mean, just to give you an example of how bad it is, a number of years ago, um, they, um, they built a new convention center, and it's a very nice convention center. It's, it's beautiful. And then, roughly, I'm saying around eight, nine years ago, when I was visiting there, and I was, um, I had a day that I had to be at the convention center and started creeping up at the convention center that there were, you know, homeless camps. That was then. And I had already, I had already left long ago um, because certain other aspects I saw things, I saw the writing on the wall, basically. And I said, to hell with this. And I got, I got out while I thought the getting was good. But the thing is, and this is, this is what was then. These campouts were less than a city block away from the convention center. Now, a convention center, of course, is supposed to be one of your great jewels for so many um, things that take place at a uh, a place, the convention center, and you, you you want the place to shine. You want it to represent, you know, it's a shining gem. And uh, I looked at this, and this was less than a city block away, and it wasn't. It wasn't totally obvious that it was there. You had to walk a little ways, like I did, because of the, the hilly area that it was. But I walked to my car, and as soon as I walked to my car, which was parked on the street a short distance away, not in the actual center itself, and I looked around the bend, and there they were. And I thought, okay. And so, you know, we're, we're just talking about a situation. And they're going to tell you that their hands are tied. But they're not. They're not. So, in very general terms, if you have people who are homeless and they have a, you know, a serious mental health condition... We need to get those people off the street. So this is one of the first things you do. I'm just talking about the people primarily they have, you know, uh, a mental health issue. And that means, yes, um, we're not going through all this long, lengthy, idiotic process of legalities and their rights and here we go with this and it's another you know another idiotic uh, nonsense you you got a person and they're naked and or dressed say as napoleon and they're brandishing a sword and they absolutely believe that they are napoleon there you go we get you off the street 
we get you off the street long term if necessary and do all the things whether they be therapy meds combination of that something but you need to be taken off the street now drugs and alcohol addiction and all the ruin that comes with that that's a separate matter because one is well which should be i believe self-evident is not necessarily by any fault of their own but um yeah and you got drugs and alcohol going on well then we need a different place and once again that means being physically removed by force if necessary to get them off the street and the investment what is necessary to do this far outweighs you know the the societal cost and the cost to the state and what's going to be the ruination and lost revenue so we have the people again primarily that have mental health issues and they definitely need the help and support then we have the uh, druggies with drugs or alcohol and then perhaps the worst of all are those with a combination of those two very very devastating uh, conditions let's say but the answer is the same the policy is the same um they have to be taken off the street it is it is it is a public hazard on so many different levels and ultimately if they want to for instance you know bitch and moan and piss and moan about not having the money and they're saying, well, we can't afford, we want to do this, but we can't afford this. Well, my argument is, is that in real terms, you can't afford not to. Because on so many different levels, everything from a city's image to just simple, downright, plain day-to-day, you know, livability. It's not working. You know, you are going to have to commit to this big time. It's only because otherwise you're only just pissing in the wind and it's just going to get worse and worse. Now, I don't know about you folks, And there are other cities like this. And please, let's not go into the political angle here and talk about, well, these places that you're talking about, they're all rich folks. And actually, actually, they're not. Some are. But many of them are not. But they have different policies and apparently those policies are working and 
for better or for worse and in my opinion um it's actually for the better regardless of what needs to be done in that respect but that's what you have to do because if you don't you're quite simply ignoring realities this is not going to improve if we basically if we don't do this it's not it's not it's going to only get far worse there is also another additional element to this there is again i'm not going to i'm not going to sit here because again there's you know there's a million stats on this when i talked about people with genuine mental health conditions and they're certainly out there and they certainly absolutely need to be helped but folks a certain percentage maybe it's i don't know 20 percent of this group maybe it's 30 percent i'm not going to split hairs debating this but i'm saying some people have just decided in their lives that they want to be professional bums and as long as you continue what i've noticed whether it be portland or seattle or eugene or any any places of that ilk you know you can go into places in california it doesn't matter it doesn't because as long as you basically are enabling the behavior and if you're offering you know um you know i i, I bums life for being a bum and you're enabling them with programs and freebie this and free housing and on and on and on and on and on like they said for that old movie field of dreams from all those years ago if you build it they will come well yep they definitely will come because you got to remember these folks um despite they're not absolutely as destitute i mean they communicate they are their own community community and they communicate and they yes they have cell phones and they communicate and if there's some fantastic deal somewhere very quickly it gets through the grapevine and like like hordes of zombies they they come there's never ending they come from all different parts of the country here primarily of course it's easiest it's the west coast and yep like a never-ending march they they will just keep coming so in other words you can't have a policy of appeasement you can't on the one hand just try to endlessly improve and to um just make it for instance again this is to the people specifically i'm talking about who are career and they they do exist 
they actually do exist. I'm not going to tell you it's precisely 21.2%. That, that's just silly. That's just nonsense. I'm just saying there are a hell of a lot of these people that are just absolute lifelong bums and grifters. And bums and grifters, they go to where the handouts are. It has always been that way and probably always will be as long as the source is there. And so while, you know, simultaneously trying to help those who are really needing and deserving of help, you have to make this very unpleasant and untasty an untasty meal, an untasty place to be for bums and grifters. Because the bums and grifters, uh, despite therapy, despite this and that and the other, the truth of the matter is they don't want to change their bums. That is their occupation. They want to be bums and stay bums for the rest of their life and basically draw down the resources wherever they go. And that includes, of course, drawing down the necessary and much needed resources for those who really do need it and deserve it. So that is something that has to be done. Of course, that determination has to be done on an individual basis but where there's a will, there's a way. And um, I would just, at the end of this, I would say that one of the ways, this is just one that no one talks about anymore because it used to exist. Now, thanks to the wokeness that saturates society, I mean, many years ago here, um, they had something that was called the farm. Had it in Oregon. Had it in throughout the country. And uh, I'm just kicking across what is historically accurate. And they said, okay. And of course, we're not talking an era of where people, normal people, I mean, because to a, a greater or lesser extent, there's always been bums. There's always been bums, and for all I know, there always will be. But most folks in previous generations, you know, they didn't want a handout. They wanted a job that was a, you know, that could afford them a, a decent, sustainable living. They, they were raised, as I was raised, not to want this, to feel ashamed by doing that. But there have been those who abuse the system that basically destroys everything for, well, everyone else. And, um, you know, they said, well, okay, you're physically, you're able-bodied, uh, assuming you're not, you know, absolutely um, mentally impaired in one way or the other. And the person claims, yeah, I just need a job. I want to I work. And you could go and live on the farm did something on the farm, whatever that was, according to your abilities, and you were housed and clothed and fed. 
and even paid until you saved up your money and you basically, you know, licked your wounds. And after doing that, maybe you found a regular job and, you know, you became stable and you left the farm. And the farm wasn't perfect, not by any means. Nothing is. But the point is, we didn't have thousands upon thousands of people living in tents on the sidewalks. So, anyway, just uh, food for thought. And that's the reason why, in my opinion, that as far as real governance is concerned, you just need to look at policies and implement policies that actually work and not give speeches constantly to the unhappy citizens and telling them how much you truly care but there's just nothing you can do and there is never enough money when the fact is they, those people, they live very comfortably and they, as far as the real issue and as far as the average citizen who has to deal with this shit on a day-to-day -day basis, well, they don't really give a shit biscuit. Take care. So what did you think of this episode? You can go on over to theearnestmanshow.com, find this particular episode number, and leave a comment for me and the rest of the world just below the player in the comments section. And additionally, unlike platforms such as this, I do not treat you or want to treat you as a child. I don't want to tell you what language you can use. I don't want to prescribe what are good words or what are mm, those bad words. I want you to have the freedom to express yourself exactly the way you wish. Until next time, this is Ernest Mann reminding you that there are no bad words, only bad actions.